But the thing about it is that there's a lot of, when you really start to think about type 2 diabetes, there's really a lot of kind of inconsistencies. So, for example, when you develop type 2 diabetes, if you look at the most uh, specialists and most uh, diabetes associations, they'll tell you that it's a chronic and progressive disease. That is, once you have the type 2 diabetes or prediabetes, it kind of progresses. But it's really not true at all because we know for a fact that if people lose the weight, the diabetes usually goes away. So what, what happened was that we've been using these drugs to try and treat a dietary disease. Right, So if the problem is dietary, you've got to fix the diet. Right, You can't simply throw drugs at it. But what we did was we threw a bunch of drugs at it, and we never fixed the diet. So, of course, things got worse. And as things got worse, we started to say, hey, how come things are getting worse despite uh, all these drugs that we're giving? Well, the only conclusion they could come to was that, well, it must be a chronic disease. That's just the way the disease is. Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. Wow. Well, if that's not controversial, I'm not sure what is. That was Dr. Jason Jason Fung talking about how to cure type 2 diabetes, and that's what this show was all about. Dr. Jason Fung has been doing this a long time. He takes more of a natural, holistic approach. He's going to talk about nutrition, counting calories, how those counting calories don't work which we're a big believer in true form as well. So we've got all kinds of tips and takeaways and controversy coming up on this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Sit back and enjoy. we got all that coming up on... This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, so you heard all about Dr. Jason Fung on the introduction. Without further ado, thanks so much for joining us today. All right, Jason, so today we're going to be talking about type 2 diabetes. We're going to get into some obesity talk. I'm really interested in your perspective and what you have to say about these subjects. Maybe we could start out with you explaining more about yourself and how you got into what you do now. Sure. So, by uh, I'm I'm a physician. I did my medical school in the University of Toronto and internal medicine there as well. Then I went to Los Angeles for a few years to do a specialty uh, in nephrology, which is kidney disease. And then I came back to Toronto to practice. And it's sometimes people wonder how I got into kind of the field of obesity and type 2 diabetes. And really the link is that type 2 diabetes is really by far and away the leading cause of kidney disease um, in North America. So most of what I see are type 2 diabetics. And obviously there's a very close relationship between type 2 diabetes and obesity. So diabetes, there's several different types. So there's type 1, which is often presents in children and they're often very, very skinny and they require insulin injections. That's now the minority of cases, probably only about 5% of cases. Most cases of diabetes now are type 2 diabetes, which uh, presents mostly in adults, kind of middle-aged and older, and typically are obese uh, patients that develop type 2 diabetes. So the thing about type 2 diabetes is that it's the leading cause of kidney disease, and that's how I got interested in it. 
But the thing about it is that there's a lot of, when you really start to think about type 2 diabetes, there's really a lot of kind of inconsistencies. So, for example, when you develop type 2 diabetes, if you look at the most uh, specialists and most uh, diabetes associations, they'll tell you that it's a chronic and progressive disease. That is, once you have the type 2 diabetes or prediabetes, it kind of progresses. But it's really not true at all because we know for a fact that if people lose the weight, the diabetes usually goes away, right? So while while we've been saying that it's chronic and progressive, it's actually not true at all. It's simply a big lie because what's important is really controlling the weight and the diet. So what what happened was that we've been using these drugs to try and treat a dietary disease, right? So if the problem is dietary, you've got to fix the diet, right? You can't simply throw drugs at it. But what we did was we threw a bunch of drugs at it and we never fixed the diet. So of course, things got worse. And as things got worse, we started to say, hey, how come things are getting worse despite uh, all these drugs that we're giving? Well, the only conclusion they could come to was that, well, it must be a chronic disease. That's just the way the disease is. The proper conclusion, I think, should have been that we've been using the wrong treatment dietary disease, need to use a dietary therapy, right? That just kind of makes sense. So then you start to think about it again. So if kidney disease is caused by type 2 diabetes, then the only thing you need to do is take away the type 2 diabetes because you can't develop diabetic kidney disease if you don't have diabetes. Well, then the question is how are you going to take away the type 2 diabetes? Well, you got to make them lose weight. So in the end, the entire problem is about obesity. So that's why I got kind of got into the obesity side of things because really I don't want to see people developing kidney disease, but seeing them after they've developed their kidney disease is not helpful and then giving them a bunch of drugs and then putting them on dialysis is not helpful. It would be much better if we could treat them way earlier when they have their obesity, treat that, then you don't get the type 2 diabetes, then you don't get the diabetic kidney disease, and then I don't have to treat them or put them on dialysis. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what, what kidney disease is and, and why you kind of decide to specialize in that area. Um, kidney disease is, you, there's many different types of kidney disease. Uh, the, the majority of people who develop kidney disease are diabetes and high blood pressure. There are also uh, primary kidney diseases that are uh, just affect the kidneys. So, uh, these are called glomerulonephritis. Um, and each kind of specialty of internal medicine, so every specialty of medicine, whether it's surgery or internal medicine or heart disease or strokes or, you know, there's all different specialties. And kidney disease kind of uh, attracts kind of a certain personality as does surgery, orthopedic surgery, that kind of thing. So kidney disease nephrology tends to be people who, uh, you know, are more of um, uh, like to puzzle things out and so on. And that's that's the kind of, there's a lot of kind of intricate fluid electrolyte questions. And so that's the type of uh, person that I am. And that's what attracted me to kidney disease as a specialty. And what I've done is I've tried to, tried to apply some of those to, you know, uh, to some of the type 2 diabetes, to the obesity. And what's interesting about obesity and nutrition in general is that there's not a lot of logic going on in those fields. That is, a lot of what we think about nutrition makes really very little sense when you really stop and think about it. For example, if you think about calories, right? We all talk about calories in, calories out, right? And we've been doing this forever, right? So at least since 
the 1980s when I, you know, I grew up kind of in the 70s and early 80s. Well, uh, in school, you get taught all this stuff about obesity, how it's all about reducing your calories and counting your calories. We stick calorie labels on everything. We have these 100 calorie packs because we think it's all about calories, right? And it seems kind of logical. But let's think about it for a second. So we've been obsessing about calories, lowering our fat intake and reducing our calories as a way to lose weight. And what's happened? Well, we've had more and more obesity than ever before. So no matter what you think about it, logically, the strategy, the public health strategy to tell people to count your calories and to lower your fat intake because fat is very high in calories, it's a completely failed strategy, right? Because the thing is that we've been doing it for 25 plus years and the result has been horrific, right? We've had a huge spike in obesity. So no matter what you, whether you think that advice is good or bad, it's proven that that's bad advice, right? It doesn't work. It doesn't work for anybody, right? So why we continue to kind of advise people to count their calories, and yet there are tons of doctors out there who say, well, it's all about the calories, right? These low-carbohydrate diets and this and that, that's all garbage. It's all about calories in the end. Well, if it's all about calories, you know, it's not like we haven't thought about calories. Everybody obsesses about calories, but it hasn't helped. In fact, it's had the opposite effect of helping. So no matter what you think, it's wrong, right? No matter what our dietary strategy is and what you say, whether you think about it, it's wrong. So we need a better strategy, and that's the whole idea of the book that I wrote, which is The Obesity Code, which is let's think about it logically and let's come up with a decent idea like a hypothesis about what causes weight gain and go from there because again here's another kind of logic free zone of uh you know that you see in nutrition we think it's all about calories right if you eat more calories then you'll gain weight if you eat less calories you'll lose weight right so if you think calories causes weight gain right uh, because again if you think about a disease you need to know what causes disease to treat it Right? So if you know about viruses or if you know about bacteria, then you can treat the virus or the bacteria rather than treating whatever symptoms like a sore throat or whatever. You need to know what the cause is to treat it. So if calories is the cause of obesity, then you can prove that easily. Right? You can give people more calories and they should gain weight. They do temporarily, but they don't keep it on. And that's the interesting thing in all of these overfeeding studies that have been done over the many, you know, decades. So if you simply overfeed people, right, you feed people a certain amount, then give them an extra thousand calories a day, they will gain weight and they will eventually plateau because the body starts to burn it all off. And as soon as you start stop forcing them to eat, they will drop all that weight and go right back to their original weight, which is great, but it works on the other side as well. If you simply restrict calories, you lose weight for a certain period of time, for like four months or six months. But then your weight goes back up. And this is what every dieter already knows, right? Your weight kind of set at a certain point. And if you try to go above it, it'll bring it back down. If you try and go below it, it will bring it back up, right? So it's like a thermostat in your house, right? Say you set the thermostat at 20 degrees. If you go above it, your house will bring it back down. If you go below it, it will bring it back up, right? So it's set at a certain point. So the question of 
weight loss and weight gain is not simply about calories. It's about how you change that set point down, right? That's the whole crucial idea that you have to understand. And calories plays almost no part in it, right? We've, we've, we've talked about calories, we've studied calories, and it simply doesn't work, right? So you need to know what sets that thermostat, that sort of body thermostat, at how much body fat you have. Because if you simply take away calories, your body will simply match it by burning less calories. And that's what the study showed in The Biggest Loser. So I don't know if you're up to date with that study, but that, there was a study about a, few, about a month ago which made big news on the New York Times. And essentially what it did is followed the group of Biggest Loser contestants. And they lost a lot of weight. But when they measured their metabolism, what they found was that they were burning a lot less energy. So some of them 800 calories a day less than they were before. So even though they're eating less calories, they're burning less as well. And eventually that catches up with them. So they, they stop losing weight. And then even as soon as they increase it back up again a little bit, their body gains it all back. So again, it's that idea that there's a set weight, there's a thermostat. So how do you adjust that thermostat? And that's the real question of obesity. Sometimes a show once a week or even twice a week just isn't enough. So if you want more content, if you want to know more about what we're doing at True Form Life, you can find us on Facebook. We're on there posting at least twice a day in the morning and the evening. That's at facebook.com slash trueformlife. We're on Instagram. That's kind of my favorite platform. I like to post my food pictures and some of the activities that I do, maybe hiking or whatever that may be. And that's just at Drew Tadia on Instagram and then Twitter as well. That's at True Form Life. So we're highly active. We'd love to connect with you. So find us on your social media platform and let us know how you're enjoying our show. And how, how do you? How do you find out what your thermostat is and how to adjust that? Well, it's, it's more of a theoretical construct, but the main thing is that it's really hormonally driven, right? So everything in our body is controlled by hormones, right? Our level of thyroid function is controlled by hormones, right? Uh, we have tons of hormones all over our body which tell us everything, right? Testosterone, estrogen, thyroid hormone, parathyroid hormone, growth hormone. So all of these hormones kind of tell our body what to do, right? So if you have too much growth hormone, for example, you will grow very tall, right? Or if you're very, if you have too little growth hormone, you'll be very short and maybe you need to take some injections like Lionel Messi, for instance, right? So our body weight is no different. It's all hormonally controlled. The question is, what's the hormonal imbalance? So you've got to understand, first off, that obesity is not a caloric imbalance, right? It's not an imbalance of calories. It's, an, it's a hormonal imbalance, right? Something is out of whack. And what is that something? Well, in terms of food and so on, the main ins insulin is the main hormone that's involved in things we eat and things we don't eat. Um, because people think that it's what you eat is controlled, you control what you eat, and you only do to a certain extent. It's actually mostly an illusion because your body tells you when you're hungry and not hungry. So you can take a food, for example. So say you smell, you know, grease, you know, like frying food, like from McDonald's or something. Well, if you're really hungry, that smells really, really good. But if you've just had, you know, a 10-course meal and you're totally stuffed full, 
that's not going to smell good. That's going to make you nauseated, right? So it's the exact same smell, but it's the difference in our own hormones that tells us whether we should eat or not eat. So this illusion that we control what we eat and so on is mostly an illusion. Really, you need to correct the hormonal imbalance. So we know that insulin is the main thing that controls our body fatness. So for example, if we now have the hypothesis that insulin causes you to be fat, fatter, then you can do that experiment. Give insulin. Do people gain weight? And the answer is yes almost universally. When you give people insulin, they will gain weight. When you take away insulin, so for example, in the type 1 diabetics where they have very, very low insulin levels, they lose weight, right? So you can see from that simple um, experiment, as opposed to calories, if you give calories, you don't get permanent weight loss. But when you give insulin, you do get permanent weight loss. What seems to be setting our thermostat up or down is not calories, it's insulin, it's the hormone, it's a hormonal imbalance. So obesity is a disease of too much insulin. A lot of the academic researchers and the, uh, you know, in the universities and so on, they all love this whole calories idea because they think that it kind of uh, explains everything about uh, weight gain and weight loss. Well, if it did, then we wouldn't have this problem with obesity because we all know, if we all know that we should reduce our calories, then we can just simply go do that, right? So it's frustrating to a degree that these ideas are not uh, kind of, they're they're fairly self-evident and they've been kind of out there for years, but nobody really accepts them as true because you have a real vested interest in kind of maintaining this sort of calories uh, kind of uh, dominance of um, obesity, right? So you hear this whole thing where everybody just says it's all about calories, all about calories. So then all of our, so, so it stems from the academic researchers, the university researchers. And the problem is that they make all these fancy theories, but they never actually treat very many people. And the people they treat are, are, are totally unsuccessful. So you can look at studies, for example, the Women's Health Initiative, which was a huge, almost 50,000-person study where they used a low-fat, low-calorie diet. Over seven years, so if you just count calories, they thought that these women would lose about 30 pounds a year, okay, 30 pounds a year. After seven years, they didn't even lose a single pound of weight, right? And that's the truth. That's what everybody already knows to be true. If you cut your calories lower your fat in your diet, count your calories, and cut your calories, you will not lose weight. So I don't know, So tell me or explain this to me a, bit, a little bit more in depth because I'm with you. I don't believe in counting calories either. So if they look at a study like this and they see that they're not losing weight, they're not seeing the results that they want by cutting calories, why do they keep doing it? There's documented studies right here. Yeah, this study came out ages ago, right? More than 10 years ago, right? So this is like, this has been known for a long time. But the problem is that when people have a study which kind of doesn't show what they think goes so, you can either change your belief and come up with a whole new hypothesis about what causes obesity, but that's hard, right? The easier thing to do is just to ignore it. (laughs) That's what basically happened. So here we are, the best study that has ever, ever been done by a huge margin, 
right? Which shows that a low-fat, low-calorie diet just doesn't work, right? So really what people should have said is, okay, let's get another theory, think about it again, come up with a better strategy. But if you do that, it's a lot of hard work, right? So they said, well, why don't we just ignore this, keep doing what we're doing, and that's it. Right? So what's interesting to me is that the academics, the people in the university, the people who do these studies, see the problem is that these doctors, they do the studies but they don't see patients because they're busy doing the studies. So they don't actually know if it works or not. Right? So it's interesting because when you go out into the community and you see what people actually do to lose weight, when you go to the Weight Watchers and when you do the, you know, go to the clinics and you have big clinics, like I have a clinic called the Intensive Dietary Management Clinic, where we just see obesity and type 2 diabetes. I want to come back to this question. So you're in a clinic or hospital right now, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, so when you're talking about this type of thing, it goes against what they teach or what the researchers kind of want you to do, is that yeah. correct? So yeah. how are you in a facility working day in, day out with doing things the opposite of what they want you to do and get along with your colleagues and administrators? Well, I do the clinic out of my office, right? And I'm allowed to do whatever works, right? The key is to, for people to lose weight. So they can't tell me what to do, right? They can tell me what they think, but I ignore it and I do what I think it works, right? And in the end, that's what matters, right? If if And it's not that I have anything against them. If what they did worked, I'd use it, right? Because in the end, I'm a doctor. I want people to get better. That's my only goal, right? So if counting calories worked for people, I'd be the first guy out there saying, count your calories, count your calories, right? But it doesn't work, and we all know it, right? <laughs> this is the thing. You don't have to convince anybody that counting calories doesn't work because let's be honest, we've all done it, right? Like I would guess in a room, you'd have like 90% of people who have done counting calories and probably about 95% of them failed, right? And that's that's what the studies show, right? When you look at studies of how effective our weight loss advice is, so there's a study out of the UK a few years ago that looked at what the success rate is of keeping weight off. And this is out of the standard. Uh, most of the people were, were likely following a kind of standard low-calorie diet, right? And the success rate is about, it's less than 1%, so 99% failure rate. Now, what other field would you tolerate a 99% failure rate, right? If you went and tried to start your car and 99 times out of 100, it didn't start you'd get rid of that thing, right? <laughs> Faster than I could say, you know, right now, right? It, 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 it's like insane to have a strategy with a proven 99% failure rate. And this is, I'll tell you, this is why doctors actually have thrown up their hands and said, for you know, they, they basically have already given up because what they've been taught, what, doctors have been taught has been to use this low-fat, low-calorie diet, right? And we tell people to do it, uh, and I did this for 10 years, 15 years, right? You tell people to do it, they try to do it, then they fail, and it, it fails like 99 out of 100 times. So we basically don't even bother anymore because we go right to medications. Why? Because the dietary advice was so bad. But we didn't know better, right? So instead of saying, well, we need to change our dietary advice, doctors have basically just 
you know, kind of plowed on and gone right to medication. All right, so I'm going to end off the show with a segment of my own that I want to add my own perspective to this show because I, I think it's important. Sometimes I don't always get a chance to share my perspective with different guests, and I think that sometimes I'd like to share that with you. And when it comes to counting calories in general, I mean, I'm not going to comment on the insulin portion and the the doctor's side of it. I'm not a doctor myself. I do think that Dr. Fung shared some very interesting research. And I mean, the things that he's been doing for years, that alone should give us a better idea or at least a different idea of what we can do to cure type 2 diabetes or at the very least to improve our health and give us a better or a different idea of, of the things that we can do and things that I think that many times when we're just following along with the norm and not using our own minds that I think we get into a bit of trouble and we don't pay attention to instead of paying attention to what everyone else is doing think outside the box a bit and understand that there are different ways to get the results you're looking for and that has a lot to do with everything that we do it at true form and here on exploring mind and body we have a different outlook different perspective this is a holistic type of show and there are different ways it's not always the the regular conventional whether it's a whether it's a clinic or a doctor or a hospital there are other ways and we're really focused on preventing and i think if we work towards prevention then we won't have to treat so much and it i almost feel like we've hit rock bottom i mean more and more often we are heading to hospitals and clinics and there there seems like there's no room there's there's so many different diseases going on right now and when i say disease i usually say disease cuz these are diseases in our body that is just not the way our body's supposed to be it's not our true form or natural state so if we look towards different ways of preventing different even different ways of treating and dr fung here's no different i mean like i said he offered some very interesting perspective and and case studies and research. I mean, this is what he does full-time. So whether you believe this is a a method for you or not, these are are things and, and suggestions and treatments that real doctors are doing to improve the health of their clients. And I think that it could improve the health of many of us as well if we paid attention to maybe, again, going back to outside the box or less than conventional thinking of what we can do. Because the truth of the matter is, most times we look at instead of, different ways or or the root of the issue we just look at treatment and that's not the answer treatment's never the answer and will never will be because once you start treating you'll always have to treat that has a lot to do with medication and the things that we're putting in our body and unfortunately that just continues to increase as opposed to decrease so i think we can all take a positive step forward here and understand that there are other things that we can do to prevent and treat in our health as a whole. As for counting calories, that's not something that we do at True Form. It's not something that I feel is sustainable. We don't teach it. We don't recommend it. And and the main purpose or the main reason is because not every calorie is counted equally. And not, not every calorie kind of means the same thing. So if you eat an apple, which is probably around 120 calories, and a bag of chips worth a uh, hundred calories, you're not getting the same nutrient value. So you can burn off the apple. It's quick sugars, for example, that are, are good quality sugars. So you can burn that off as energy. Many times if you put a hundred calories that has all kinds of different toxic ingredients, that's going to be stored as body fat because quite honestly, your body's not sure what to do with it. It doesn't recognize it as a food, as a whole food that we're putting into our body. So if you're saying this cal- this calorie here is going to work for me because I've only ate a hundred 
calories of it, <laughs> it doesn't add up because if you put 100 calories of an apple in your body, it can be burned off as opposed to stored as body fat. So, and then if you look at down the line, there's just we've we've been there ourselves with looking at different programs and different people that have said like you know we we have counting calories, it hasn't really worked, or we've tried counting calories, or do I have to count calories? There's so many different ways and reasons to avoid counting calories that that's something that we certainly wants you to try to avoid or find different ways and that's something that we can definitely help you out with like meal planning something that we do offering recipes grocery shopping lists paying attention to ingredients and the nutrients and putting in your body that all means so much more than those numbers on the scale those numbers that of nutrients that you're putting in your body it's it's something that i think that we could be so much more efficient around if we looked at different ways to improve our health and again, that starts at the very root of the issue of everything that's going on. I'm going to leave you with that. Just want you to consider something different. I know this is a, a certainly a controversial show. Jason, Dr. Fung, he's kind of been all over. He He's well known in the industry and you either agree with him or you don't. But I think he's courageous to be in here and sharing his perspective, especially in an industry that definitely believes the opposite of what he's, what he's telling or what he's sharing and his information, his insight. So consider what he has going on. You can check out more information on his website website all you have to do is check out his name to see what we, to see what he has going on for us we have a monthly membership exclusively for our exploring mind and body listeners we're offering the first month for only a dollar recipes grocery shopping lists meal plans support and fitness routines all at home fitness routines as well so once again that's only a dollar hit us up at trueformlife.com for more details all these past shows are going up on exploringmindandbody.com and you can also download the free app on any Apple device so you never miss a show. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.